welcome to Disney Plus The Boys, an unofficial Disney Plus podcast. I am one of your hosts, Blake, and with me, as always, are Hayden and Weezy. Hayden, say something, please. Hello. Thank you very Hello, much. Hello, audience people. Weezy, say something as well. Don't do it. Hello. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How are you guys doing this fine noon? Good, it's, I guess. It's like two. <laughs> anyway. Post noon, then. Um, <laughs> Post noon. Post noon commentary. Yeah. So, I have a fun tidbit for you guys for our cold open. We have ah, a little tidbit. cold open. So, I was feeling nostalgic the other day, and I decided, you know what? Let's see how the Disney Channel Summer Sing Along is doing on Disney Plus. So I looked up the Disney Channel Summer Sing Along on Disney Plus. And little did I know that the Disney Channel Summer Sing Along is now gone from Disney Plus. No. Where'd it go? They've ruined the, us. The Disney Channel Summer Sing Along, the first thing we talked about for this podcast is now unavailable on Disney+. Plus. Why would they do that? It was, it was such a unifying force in 2020 that we really <laughs> needed, and I can't <laughs> believe they took it off. Yeah, I, I really think it inspired a lot of children, and honestly, humans, and adults. Like, humanity in general. And adults, I think, yeah. I think it brought a lot of and people And the animals. Together. Yeah, and the animals. Um, the terrorists. They were like, why are we doing this? We must stop. And so we ended war. No, it inspired them. <laughs> That's why it got taken down. That's why it got taken down. <laughs> so that's pretty crazy. Um, I don't get why they would take it down, though. Are they yeah, trying no, to sabotage us? I, I don't know. I don't know oh, why they, they would do that. They probably are. I hope they bring it back for our sake. Because <laughs> that was a big moment for us. And I think they need to bring it. We should start a petition. Oh, let's do it. Ooh, there were a GoFundMe. Oh my gosh. We're going to start a. I think we're going to start a petition. We'll um, put it in the uh, show we'll notes. We'll put it in the do. show notes. Yeah. The Disney Channel Summer Sing Along is now not on Disney Plus, which means that people who start to listen to our show. If they want to think we're a bunch of idiots, think that we're stupid. We're all hallucinating. Yeah. You know, I think I might start a petition. Get Disney Channel Summer Sing Along back on Disney Plus. Let's do it. All right. So, with that out of the way, let's talk about Disney Plus news. We only have a little uh, segment for Disney Plus news. Not really. That was a joke. We actually have quite a lot. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So I'll just start with the small one that I don't actually have to talk about. Um, Disney Plus uh, announced that the new Mighty Ducks show, Mighty Ducks Game Changers, is coming to Disney Plus March 26th. It came with a new trailer, but we've, we're already doing so much Disney Plus news, and I honestly don't really care about this show, sorry. You should. So we're actually not going to It's an amazing it. series. You care? You don't care about this, but you care about Raya? Okay. Hypocrisy. Thank you, Hayden, for the, thank you, Hayden, for the great transition. 
So there is a new trailer for the film Ryan the Last Dragon. It is going to be showing in theaters and on Disney Plus uh, on Premiere Access. We will try to watch uh, the movie either way, um, whether we watch it in theaters or on Premiere Access. We're not sure because theaters are not currently open for us here in California. Whoop whoop. Um, or we could do a drive-in. That would be fun if we did a drive-in, like mm. drove somewhere and did a drive-in. It that would be, be really cool. fun. But we've all watched the trailer. Uh, what are your guys' quick thoughts on it? Um, did they learn nothing from Premier Access <laughs> and Mulan? It's, yeah, that's one point. That's more of a comment about like... The, that, like, Disney itself. Yeah. Well, I think that actually they still actually made a decent amount of money, even though, like, like my thing is that I don't think Premiere Access in itself is actually that bad of an idea, because I understand it more now, because... No, like, it makes sense, but it's, like, charging $30 for a crappy movie is, like, kind of scum. Yeah, no, totally. I would prefer it to be, like, a slightly higher cost, and you just, like, get Premiere Access instead of having to, like, purchase it yeah. each time a new movie is added. My thing is that they need to put Black Widow out soon. They can't delay it again because people literally stopped caring about that movie, so they just need it to be out. Like, honestly, if Ryan the Last Dragon makes enough money with Premiere Access, um, uh, Disney may put Black Widow on Premiere Access as well, if they can make enough money. But as for the actual movie, I think it has the potential to be good. From what I've seen of the trailers, I'm not seeing a lot of that potential being fulfilled. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm feeling. But I feel like I could feel a lot worse about it. But I'll go into more yes. of my thoughts mm -hmm. soon. Hayden, um, how about you go next? Because I actually heard your reaction. You watched the trailer right in front of us, and you actually said this. What did you say? I don't quite remember. I think I suppressed that memory. Um, I think he said it sucks. I yeah no i said something it actually kind of sucks it sucks but yeah it does it doesn't look nothing like it there are some cool ideas but then it's ruined by other things like it's a cool idea to have like ah uh, yes ancient kingdom warring fun lighthearted adventure. avatar like, that, yeah sure like something like that like that makes sense that sounds like a lot of fun but then it's just it like this weird dragon comedy thing that it becomes yeah as it seems just doesn't fit it, it seems weird and it doesn't seem like doesn't seem like it'd be fun to watch something i was noticing in the trailer is that like there seems like too much story stuff to fit into like hour 45 runtime you see i think the opposite is what i think is they've essentially shown all the plot in the trailer and uh, the rest of it's just going to be stupid side quest filler okay I don't think they're actually going to develop any of the ideas we saw. I think those are just the ideas, and the rest of it is just really stupid, point-blank, like, these two characters hanging out, these, like, stuff like that. Okay, I was thinking that, like, because, like, it's Raya and the Last Dragon, and I think the, like, relationship between Raya and the dragon is going to be, like, fairly central, and so I feel like they have to meet fairly soon. But I was getting the sense that there's going to be like a whole adventure before they. Yeah, that's where because mm -hmm. the trailer doesn't open with like Raya and the Last Dragon. It opens with Raya chasing down some stupid ninja baby. Yeah. Just yeah. With like, and I, what I really dislike in these movies is like when they take like animals and then make them sentient. 
Like, I think that works in some instances. Like, a bug's life. Yeah, it like, the animals have to be, it either has to be, like, such a wacky world where all the animals and humans are sentient and there's actual interrelationships between animals and humans with them all being sentient. Or the animals just need to be animals, but with, like, little quirks, like in, like, uh, Pocahontas or something with, like, the dog and the raccoon. But where it's, like, the animals are almost characters, but not really. I mm-hmm. That just doesn't make any sense. Like, it has to be one or the other. Or it has to be just one where, like, like it's a microcosmic look at animals living in a way that humans would. Like, personifying animals, like in Bugs Life. Mm-hmm. But, the, yeah, the way it's done in this movie looks like it's going to be really stupid. <laughs> yeah. So my thing is that I don't like Avatar. Um... And this looks like Avatar. So I may not like, like, I already have a feeling that I may not like it. But either way, um, just my first thoughts about the trailer was first half, I was not excited. Like, I did not want to see any of the stuff that was represented in the first half. Last half is like, okay. Not like super excited, but like, okay. Because, like, the baby ninja, that just feels like boss baby, like, stuff. That's not good. I would much rather, like, them do, like, either, like, the warring tribe story or the dragon story, not both. Or the warring dragons. Oh, there, I would also see that, but. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like Star Wars full of dragons. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like fun. Let's get Disney on the phone. We can voice act. <laughs> I call being Luke Air Glider. I think this movie has potential, but I also said that Mulan twenty twenty had potential. Yes, you did. Infamously. Yeah. Like from what I can tell about this movie, if I had to predict the like a like a Ron Tomatoes rating, I would say like a fifty four or something. Yeah. Like just and watching the trailer, it's not gonna be horrible. But it's not no, going, it's to, be going to be horrible. So far. It won't, that's the thing is like when movies are horrible, they're more fun. But when movies are just bad and boring and uninspired, that's when it just becomes a chore to watch. And that's when I give them twos. Yeah. <laughs> I am not 100% sold on this film. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also not 100% certain that this is going to be like absolutely horrible. Okay. So, yeah. Next piece of Disney Plus news. So, we'll just quickly gloss over this one. Disney My Music Story Yoshiki coming soon to Disney Plus. This news comes to us from what's on disneyplus.com. In the article it says, quote, "In the Disney Plus original, which is subtitled in English, Yoshiki performs reimagined versions of two Disney classics." Let It Go from Frozen, and Can You Feel the Love Tonight from The Lion King, along with his own compositions. Yoshiki also gives viewers a behind-the-scenes look at his recording process and how he shaped the arrangements in his Hollywood studio. So is he a composer, or is he like a singer? I believe he's a composer. That's what I was getting from that. I'm not positive, though. Yeah, because I didn't look too much into it. It was just Disney Plus News, so I wrote it down um i'm not ex- i'm not like extremely excited about this or anything i like the idea of reimagined versions maybe not of let it go but like can you feel the love tonight you know i'll maybe check it out i'm not i who am i kidding i don't think i'm gonna watch it i mean uh, i just don't 
I don't know who he is, and I don't really... Th- it doesn't sound hey, super interesting, <laughs> other than there's a reimagined version of Can You Feel the Love Tonight. Yeah. I I really don't have, like, an interest in it. Mm-mm, no. Anyway, our next piece of Disney Plus news um, comes from MovieWeb. Um, the Percy Jackson author shares a TV show update. We have a couple of important meetings coming this week with the top brass at the studio for the Percy Jackson TV show, so keep your fingers crossed. Everyone who has read the pilot script loves it, but there will be a few additional tweaks we need to make before we send it off to its next stop, the top execs at Disney+. Plus. That's normal in script writing, as in every other kind of writing, you can expect to do many, many drafts. All the input has been super positive and helpful, though everyone is committed to making this the best show we possibly can. I remain excited and guardedly optimistic that we are on the verge of getting a really first-rate project off the ground. As always, though, good things require time and patience. Stay tuned. Thank you. So really quick, um, have you guys all both read Percy Jackson? I have not. I I watched it. You guys haven't. I haven't touched. I haven't touched the books. I haven't read the movies. I have a little thing I like called Dignity. You haven't read the movie? (laughs) Shut up! I haven't touched the the book. Movie's really good. I love reading it. (laughs) Okay, uh, admittedly, that was my bad. I think I read the first book, and I've watched both the movies. Okay, well, I'm the only one that has read the book series. Then here, Um, Mm -hmm. the movie. Okay, honestly, I don't think the movies are like super crap i think they're fine as movies just not as like book to movie adaptations that's what most book to movie adaptations the issue is yeah that's true but either way uh i mean this sounds like it could be good it's mm-hmm. just like i'm thinking like artemis Al was supposed to be good yeah well yeah the one 2020 was supposed to be good yeah no i like, i do think this will be done well though I, I, I hope it. I hope it's going to be done well, because they're doing an interesting format too, which is their each season is going to be each book, which gives a good amount of time to like actually set up characters. That's like a seven season. Mm-hmm. Dang. Is it live action? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um. So hopefully that's good. Basically, if this does bad, like there's no hope left. Like there's no chance. Um. If this does bad, there's no hope. God is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing left. Uh, World will end if this show does badly. I'll take this last bit of uh, Disney Plus news and then we'll get into what's new on Disney Plus and we can finally talk about what we're here to talk about um, in our main discussion. Uh, the Incredible Hulk film, the MCU film, is possibly coming to Disney Plus. This comes to us from what's on disneyplus.com again disney's official spanish website has listed l in i can't hayden can you help me out because okay, you're, I'll, you're I'll doing four this years of spanish i only did three mm-hmm. it's that extra year that is just yeah, it's like that extra year that finalizes uh <laughs> disney's official spanish website has listed el increíble Oak coming to disney plus february 5th so in the article it says quote while it's possible that the incredible hulk is only going to be available on disney plus in spain due to to a new streaming contract 
It does open up the possibility that a deal has been done for other regions as well. Disney has already made deals with other studios to gain access to the earlier Marvel films for Disney+. Plus. End quote. This is possible. I don't imagine us getting it as early as next week. I feel like we would have heard something about it by now. But The Incredible Hulk isn't that great of a MCU movie, which is why we're not forcing It's only the to... best. Yeah. It's why we're not forcing Hayden to watch it, like, outside of Disney Plus or anything, because it's literally not important at all. Um, and it's just not great. It actually kind of sucks. I mean, it'll be cool to have it, I guess, like, get closer mm -hmm. to having all the MCU movies on Disney Plus, because we're still missing the Spider-Man movies as well. Oh, um, that's right. Mm-hmm. They also said in the article that it's possible that this could just be a animated series or just like another, like oh, so product. it's not the Incredible Hulk movie. It's just well, like yeah, yeah, like it literally just says the Incredible Hulk, but in Spanish, um, Incredible Hulk. Yes, uh, but it doesn't say like the movie or what year it was or whatever. So it could totally be something different. But here's to hoping. I guess it would be nice to have it. But yeah, that's all of our articles. Hayden, do you want to round out this segment by uh, telling us what's new on Disney Plus this oh, week? Oh, I'd love to, Blake. What's new on Disney Plus this week is Beyond the Clouds, A Promise Kept, which is yet again another extra. <laughs> uh, but it's it's the finale of the extras for the that movie. That movie clouds. came out like three months ago, and they're still <laughs> adding extras. Eh, whatever. It's like DLC. Um, <laughs> next there is um, the TV show Dinosaurs seasons 1 through 4 the movie Epic Making of the Burrow which is an extra for something I assume Burrow uh, okay cool Ramona and Beezus Texas Storm Squad <laughs> Texas Storm Squad The Incredible The Incredible Dr. Pole season 17, season 17 and a new episode of WandaVision all right, awesome. Thank you, Hayden. Interesting. Is Go Epic ahead. the one where it's like those like little forest people who like? I think so. I never watched that movie, but I it, don't. I, I don't. I can't remember good. if it was actually good or not. I remember I liking it, was it when I was a child, but mm -hmm. I don't remember if it like holds up. I've, I've yeah. never seen it. Well, no, I've seen like five minutes of it. I know that like part of the plot is that like when you're tiny, time moves slower. <laughs> Oh yeah. oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's, that's why hummingbirds yeah. are like so fast, and that's why we've never seen the tiny people as they're too fast for us to comprehend. Mm -hmm. But we've murdered thousands <laughs> just by stepping on them. Accidentally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love science. Anyway. <laughs> oh, science. Speaking of science fiction. Let's move on to our main discussion, which is Mandalorian Season 1. That was the season. biggest stretch of a segue you could have made. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about Mandalorian Season 1. Let's see if we got a Disney Plus synopsis that we can read. Did you get AT&T to fix your Wi-Fi yet? Yes, actually. It has oh, been good. fixed. Good, oh. good. Update to the Disney Plus The Boys lore. <laughs> <laughs> the lore. I like that. Just call it the lore. <laughs> Every time we like add a little bit of our Disney personal Plus lives. The Boys wiki. 
and, and call it the war. Our timeline. We yeah, are constantly time. ha- we're, con- we're constantly having to add in like, dear listeners, our views on certain companies do not reflect those of the Disney Plus company. <laughs> but we are an unofficial podcast. That's true. So, the Disney Plus synopsis for The Mandalorian is a really hefty one, so uh, just bear with me. Uh, quote, after the fall of the Galactic Empire, lawlessness has spread throughout the galaxy. End quote. That says nothing about this show. Yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, I think it's a good, um, it's, a, I think, like, in other ones, like, for example, in, like, Quince, where it's, like, a two-sentence review, where it's, like, Jamie is, like, Jamie's world is turned yeah, Jamie hates her life. Jamie's world is turned upside down, but her family has quintuplets. Like, those ones are worthless, you know? Like, those synopses are... But I, I like this one because it's brief, but it's also a good actual way to enter the... Like, it's it's like a prologue, I guess, instead of a synopsis, I would say. Almost. It's like it's like what you need to know before going into it. Yeah, the... but I find that more useful because, like, when you read the synopsis, okay. it's like... When you read the Quince one, you get nothing out of it. But when you read this one, you're like, okay. Oh, I got lots out of Quince. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we all did. A lot of um, mental disorders. <laughs> With television season discussions, these uh, these discussions can be a little bit everywhere. So uh, before we get into actually talking about the meat and potatoes of the show, uh, let's do a one-sentence review really quickly. We see you want to go first? I don't know what to say like um it is a good show um some of the best star wars content to come out recently it is very good thank you thank you hidden you want to go ahead um i can go i'm trying to formulate a haiku um <laughs> oh great here go. this here show is good it's the man the war ian um all refrigerator it's dope nice thank you hayden i'm a master poet (laughs) uh for me basically it's kind of the same thing that you guys said uh really great uh first season of a show in haiku form please no (laughs) no thank you i mean this came out um when disney plus came out and i think it was a great introduction to the new exclusive stuff that can be coming to disney plus and the potential that the future of star wars has basically yeah i honestly think this is the best thing to come out of star wars when disney bought the franchise mm-hmm. so you would i mean we can talk about this we'll talk about this later but i mean we can get into talking about it like we're not going to put a spoiler alert because yeah, this has been out for like a year so not for like two years like, quince oh, has been out for just 20 over year. years well, yeah, we didn't do a spoiler alert for Quince, though. <laughs> um, um, anyway, so so you would say that this is better than Rogue One? I'm not sure how I would rank it, but I was just wondering. I don't know. I, th- I think, like, the whole series as a whole, I, I, I do genuinely think. Also, here's one thing. We don't want to talk about Mandalorian Season 2 just for the sake of if anyone is listening to this and hasn't seen Season 2 for whatever reason... This is a season one centric discussion, and so I don't want to really talk about season two. I want to talk about season one. But yeah, like honestly, even just this first season, like I really like Rogue One. Um, like truly, I 
Rogue One is probably my favorite movie to have come out um, since Disney bought Star Wars. But like this, I don't know. There's just something about this show that I think was crafted really well. And I mean, I mean, it's Dave Filoni mm-hmm. and John Favreau. And I know that we all like Dave Filoni. And we John all like Favreau. Dave Filoni here. Yeah. Question for you, Mr. Hayden. Uh-huh. Is this better or worse than season seven of the Clone Wars? I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> Ooh, this is interesting. Well, okay. That's a, hmm. that's not quite the question I was expecting. Let me, I, I'll answer that question eventually. But let me begin with the question I thought you were going to ask is Blake said this is the best thing to come from Disney Plus. Or from when Disney, Disney bought Star Wars. When Star Disney Wars. bought Star yeah. Wars. That's and kind of what I'm asking. I thought I... your question was, um, does that include um, better than season seven? The thing is, I don't consider season seven to be a product of Disney. Okay. Um, because uh, it was just... It's good. Half of it was already created beforehand yeah, yeah. anyway. Hmm. Um, it was created by Dave Filoni and his team, not by Disney. Um, anything Disney had to do with it, aka like Kathleen Kennedy um, allocating funding to continue it, is just like kind of Kathleen Kennedy being a, like trying to capitalize on the success of certain products again. Um, but you know, whatever with that. So I don't consider it a Disney thing. I consider it a, just a continuation of Clone Wars and the, most of all Dave Filoni thing. Okay. So I would still say that this is the best thing Disney did with Star Wars because they're two completely different things because like Star Wars season seven is it's meant to close out a certain Mm -hmm. segment of the Star Wars universe and and like a certain segment of just a story. Yeah, it's two completely different things. Yeah, like this one's starting it, the other one's closing it. So it's Mm -hmm. like season seven of Clone Wars like hits me harder emotionally, but like I still have i still have fun watching this one as well yeah you know because that's fair what, um, what are your thoughts i have no idea uh mm, like that, I, that's fair that's i really would fair. rank like rogue one season because like i understand like you saying that like season seven doesn't like count as disney but i still view it as like disney star wars i guess yeah. i understand what you, um but so I would like tie this season seven and Rogue One kind of. I'm not like it's like a day by day like ranking mm-hmm. of that. I guess that it oh, changes. And, yeah, in relation to Rogue One, I'd say that this is better than Rogue One because personally, okay. like I like Rogue One, but I still like Solo more than I like Rogue One. Oh, okay. Right. Oh. And it's, it's not like it's not like anything wrong with it. It's just like Solo's. I don't know. I have more fun watching Solo than I do Rogue One. But like both are that's fair. Both are good. Like mm-hmm. yeah, I like if I had to score them, I'd probably score them close to equal. Mm-hmm. It's just like personal preference, really. So I'm a stickler for talking about things in like chronological order or something. Like I don't want to talk about sequel before talking about oh, that we original know. movie. Yeah, oh, we know. But this one, I'm actually allowing because I actually think that you can watch this show without watching anything of like previous Star Wars. I think this is actually yeah, a I do. good introduction. Yes, that's what a lot of people have said. Is that it's a standalone? Yeah, much like this does just as good a job as introducing you to the Star Wars universe as the first Star Wars movie. Like, and I think that's something that like was done well by George and is done well by dave and john here is that like mm-hmm. they don't explain this universe to you but like they just let you experience it yeah like you're never a certain individual you're never told like 
it's never explained to you like that like droid equals robot or that like um yeah like you're or not like, explaining like terminology or anything or, yeah like hyperdrive means super fast travel or stuff yeah they just like let you experience it and i think that is like a really good way of world world building and i think like it's done well mm-hmm. in a new hope and it's done well here yeah. yeah and also with jedi i mean they like talk about jedi they actually kind of introduced the idea of jedi but in a very different way than what new hope did where it's like the jedi is this unknown thing to them like mandalorian genuinely doesn't know what a jedi is because he lives in the outer rim and he doesn't really know what's happened outside really um Mm. which i also like that is that this is just an individual story and has like nothing to do with the outside reaches of the galaxy or whatever like there's no luke skywalker there's no vader there's no it's just like well there's stormtroopers yeah but it's like it is like you're aware of like the happenings of the galaxy but you're not part of it yeah and then i also really like how in the first episode the stormtroopers we see are like all like their armor's all beat up and they're not using Mm -hmm. like standard weapons like the synopsis says is after the fall of the empire and this makes it feel like there is no more empire but there are fragments of it yeah after the fall of like any big obviously the comparison like to draw on is like to nazi germany but like it's really like to germany yeah but like in a more um like historical sense it's like the fall of like some chinese um mm-hmm. uh like dynasties like sometimes after a fall of a dynasty it doesn't go just go to the next dynasty um there's like warring periods in between where local landlords just fight for territory and that's mm-hmm. kind of what's going on here is yeah like the new republic hasn't filled the vacuum that the empire left and so now the whatever's left of the empire is just doing what they can mm-hmm. yeah and i think that's really fun because mm-hmm. Once again, it's a cool Star Wars thing, but it's also a cool, like, kind of realistic thing where it's like nothing just becomes perfect after this. It just mm-hmm. kind of shifts. Yeah. So I actually have a little. So I feel like most of this discussion is kind of going to be just discussion questions. We're not going to go like detail by detail. If you want a detail by detail episode, you can check out Mouse House Weekly. There's a season one discussion. If you Don't just do it. Want... Don't do it. Don't dare do it. <laughs> if you just want like a detail by detail episode, just go check that out. That one out. I want this one to be more of a discussion. Yeah. Um, just because I think that's more fun boys. when we actually discuss things instead of just talking about the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on the child. How do you guys feel about the child from season one? Or baby Yoda? I don't know. I'm fine with it. I think the, like, trope that is, like, this is playing off of, of, like, the tough guy having to, like, take care of a child in need. I think that is, like, usually done fairly well, and I think they continue to do it well here. I actually disagree with... Okay. Well, uh, not in, like, how well it's done. I mean, like, you say that it's a tough guy taking care of a, like, a, um, a, like a weak individual. Um, but I don't see that way. I kind of see it, like, up, where it's kind of a, just a more experienced but solitary man being forced, mm. essentially, into society by this other younger and more... Immature. Immature, but also, like, just simplistic m- mindset that, like baby yoda has okay that's an interesting way of looking at it it, like and i think that's pretty cool i think they do i do think that they do a good job with Mm -hmm. that as well and then i like gradually seeing like the child using the force i think is really cool the way they like slowly develop that 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's in the second episode when we see him use the force. Because like a lot of people say have said that the like the second episode seems kind of like useless, but I think it's pretty fun because. Okay, that that that's something I want to talk about later. Mm-hmm. Let's remember that. But like, you can keep on going. Okay, yeah, like because people say like the second episode is like kind of pointless because it isn't really further the actual plot. But I think it's pretty big for characters because mm-hmm. it actually shows the connection that develops between baby yoda and mandalorian and it's like mm-hmm. if you take out the second episode the series kind of stops making sense yeah like i would say it it might let's be actually my least... just talk about that episode now just yeah keep that in mind we can just talk about it i would say it is it might be my least favorite of this season but i do think it serves a very important role in the season mm-hmm. yeah that's the thing is that i think I think there are, like, two... Well, actually, there's three, but I actually like two of the episodes that people consider weak. There are three weak episodes. Um, It's... Let me just get the names of them up. So, Chapter 2, the one that we were just talking about, The Child. uh, Mm -hmm. People don't like uh, Sanctuary, which is Chapter 4. And then uh, people also don't like The Gunslinger, which is the one with the uh, rookie bounty hunter. Wait, hold on. The the Sanctuary, is that the one uh, with the ATST? yeah yes so okay Okay. the only one i like honestly my least favorite episode is probably the gunslinger the gunslinger is really interesting to me it's like action-packed and interesting but like but i think it doesn't serve a very big part of the narrative like if anything is filler i think it's that episode well looking at shows just as like filler and not filler is really kind of lame because it, it, come on it Blake. Just, well i this, this isn't like a thrash on blake it's just a thrash on like because a lot of people do that mm-hmm. and i just don't think it's as fun because i mean when you read a book 90 percent of that book is not the actual plot it's just <laughs> other things and yet you don't call a book filler you call it a book mm-hmm. so similarly like if yeah. a tv show it's like you take time and not actually progressing the main plot, but instead progressing side characters mm-hmm. who in, who in turn inform the main character. That's not filler. That's called a TV show, you know? <laughs> okay. So like the second episode, I don't think is filler because it talks about the two of them. Um, the, the one with the gunslinger, I don't think is filler either because once again, we, it's the first time since the first episode we get to see the Mandalorian acting without the child. Yeah. So we get to and see I him think, doing his like gunslinging ways again after it, this big thing has changed him. And you can I see think, the differences between that. Yeah. And, I'm sorry for interrupting you. It's okay. Uh, you can see the differences between first episode him and then gunslinger him where he's mm-hmm. like more reserved in some mm-hmm. ways. Hmm. I think that's very important. So okay. I wouldn't, yeah. I would hardly call that filler. And I think it's important to see the like difference between the rookie bounty hunter and mm-hmm. the Mandalorian. Yeah, I think no, that I serves... really like the rookie. I think it's an interesting. Yeah, I like the dynamic. I, like I guess dynamic. Yeah, yeah, the dynamic, and then also just him as a character because he mm-hmm. he's still engaging as a character. Like he doesn't. He's almost a caricature, but he's still like an engaging and interesting caricature of just mm-hmm. a brash young guy. Um, but going off of what Blake said about like the weak episodes is like he said the um, the ATSD one, the child one, and then the gunslinger one were all uh, weak ones. 
I personally would categorize it differently. I wouldn't say the gunslinger or the child one were weak ones, but I would say that the ATSD one is kind of weak. I categorize it differently because I call I would call that one filler in a way. Because there's not actually much story going on. It's just them hunting an ATSD for no real reason. I mean the reason is there, but it's yeah. It it the reason has no agency of its own. Like it doesn't extend beyond the scopes of that singular episode, except in the fact that there are bounty hunters hunting. Oh them. yeah. And then I also think the like interesting like theme that they address is that like the Mandalorian doesn't feel ready to like settle down and like live his own life. Well it's like he doesn't feel ready because that's not really like a Mandalorian thing. Mandalorians yeah. don't settle down. <laughs> yeah, but like it is addressed that like yeah he, he isn't yes, ready to, but like he that. almost has like there's like an emotional issue there or something yeah um i'd also say uh like with um i forget which one but it's the one on the prison ship mm-hmm. the one with oh Bill that one's Burr. so I, I love that episode i this is kind of, like i that is the not, one i've heard people say is the weakest when really? I first this is watched, really interesting. When, I can't wait to talk about. When this. I first watched the, we can just talk about it now because there's no. Real well, well yeah, yeah. But um, when I first watched the series, I thought that was the weakest, and then afterwards I watched it again, like shortly after that, and I had more of an appreciation for it. But I still think it's kind of, I enjoy all the like technical aspects, but like the fact that they filmed an entire episode on one hallway, I can appreciate that. I appreciate all of the cameos that we get of like Dave Filoni and um, uh, the guy who voiced Anakin. Yeah. Uh, Matt Lan- Wait, who? Matt, Matt Lanter was in the episode? Yeah. He's the security officer. Oh, yeah. I didn't notice that. That's actually really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. He's um, like the super scrawny guy, but he voiced yeah. Anakin Skywalker. Uh, the big guy with the horns who's mm-hmm. like all gruff. Um, yeah. yeah. He's the guy who voiced the Savage Opress. Oh, uh, really? I didn't, I didn't oh, notice that's that. That's interesting. That's cool. Yeah. And so, like, we get all the came. Like, it's fun to watch. Yeah. Like, if you can pinpoint all these things for people who like Star Wars and like the stuff Dave Filoni has worked on, it's fun for in that sense. But it's just like, I don't know. Like, some of the characters seem like characters, like the big gruff guy. I don't like. So what? And then the like sexually playful Twi'lek. Yeah. Who's also like a crazy murderer. It's like, eh, whatever. Yeah. But I like Bill Burr in that episode. Like, he's Bill the one Burr's redeeming great. factor for me. Yeah. But like, all the other ones just kind of fall flat. They're all just, like you said, they're all caricatures. And I think even, like, Bill Burr's character, like, what, Mayfield? Mayfeld May- is out Mayfield. Of it. Yeah. Like, even he has some, like, caricature-ness to him. Yeah. Um, But he he's definitely, like, the best of them. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like, I enjoyed the episode. And because it's just, like, fun like adventure stuff but like yeah i get your like criticism of it i yeah, guess is it, what i'm saying w- what i'm saying is that episode's the one i felt most bored during while watching it okay, okay. so i want to talk because yeah go ahead yeah so hey well actually first i never talked about my thing on the baby yoda thing i, I was oh yeah we kind of got sidetracked but that's okay oh, because yeah, it was ahead. a good sidetrack so my thoughts on the child, I like the child. I do think that he got overblown on social media. That yeah. kind of made well, it just... feel like, like it doesn't hurt my experience when I'm watching it, 
but it's like it gets tiring seeing baby yoda content after baby yoda content on social media over and over again and like the memes associated with them aren't like funny like they're just all pointless. i don't know i laugh at everyone where he's sipping from his little cup that mm -hmm. that one is but funny. i've yeah. actually heard something that people legitimately watch this show for baby yoda yeah no that's why most people watch it because like if you don't like star wars there's no reason real reason to watch this show other than yeah. baby yoda yeah. So do you guys watch this show? Because there's three reasons why you can watch this show. You watch it for really? the actual Mandalorian, the child, or the side characters. I think that's a very, like, closed way of viewing it, but I get what well, you're yeah, saying. Well, yeah, but, like, why do you enjoy the show? I guess I should say that. Why yeah, do that's you enjoy one way of the saying show? It. But I, I think there's two other ways. There's, there's a okay. different way of looking at it where it's, there's two ways where it's, like, you're watching it because you're a Star Wars fan, yeah. or you're watching it because you're not a Star Wars fan, but you got sucked in because of Baby Yoda. Hmm. Like, no one who doesn't like Star Wars just started this show because it's The Mandalorian. They started it because there's Baby Yoda, and then they fell in love with it because the show is good. Yeah. Part, another part is it was just like this big, like, cultural thing when it yeah. first came out. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it still is to some extent. But yeah, uh, but to answer your point, I think the reason the show has become so successful is. Because it's two main things. One, Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda is just like, it's a fun thing. It's like Porgs or something, just to slap on but marketing. Yeah. yeah. And then people will be like, oh, that's cool. And then they watch the show. They watch like one episode of the show. And then they fall in love with the way the show is actually made. And then they like mm -hmm. the show itself. Mm -hmm. So it like you can make the argument that like the like kind of fandom surrounding Baby Yoda is stupid. Or like it, it's immature and it's kind of overplayed. But then there's still the underlying argument where it's like, but that's also what makes the show popular. And it got a lot of people into Star Wars and the show itself. Yeah. Yeah. Personally, I watch the show because I am a Star Wars fan. Yeah. And I actually really like the Mandalorian as a character. Like, mm -hmm. I love Baby Yoda, but like, honestly, I'm not super attached to Baby Yoda. If anything, I'm attached to the relationship between the Mandalorian and the child but like i think that the mandalorian is just such an interesting character because they craft the show really well to where you can't see the mandalorian's face because like that's his like religion he can't like take off his helmet the mandalorian is like you you can still tell what he's thinking mm -hmm. and he doesn't have to speak and you don't have to see his face like my favorite part is when he leaves the child at the lab um, after he collects his bounty and he goes on the ship and he's about to like take off and his hand just like hovers over the lever and he just sits there for like 30 seconds and then he turns off the ship and, and like leaves and goes back to the lab. Like yeah. it's just small stuff like that where I think they craft it really well to where this isn't just like a stale character and also something I want to bring up. I don't know what the male version of a Mary Sue is, but he could have totally been a a uh, Gary Larry, Sue. A Gary Sue. Gary um, Sue. It, I like it's that a one. Gary Sue. That, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it actually yeah. is. Once again, going, I don't like the whole like I don't like classifying things as Mary Sues, but like. And you call yourself a literature fan? <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> but it's like, I mean, you can't call the Mandalorian a Mary Sue without also calling like Luke. Or Han Solo, a Mary Sue, you know? Mm -hmm. It kind of becomes that point. 
Well, no, because the thing is, is that, because something that I think is that, like, almost all Mandalorians, like Boba Fett and Jango Fett, their whole existence in the movies is to be an obstacle, and they're basically cool. Mm-hmm. Like, that's they have what a they special are. set of skills, is what you're they saying. They have a special yeah. set they of skills. They will find yeah. you, and they will kill you. Yeah. Yes. Thus, their job. But, like, something I think we also get out of episode two, which I think, you know, kind of helps the episode, is that we see the Mandalorian lose when he climbs to the top of the sand crawler and he gets blasted. But like, I I think that's important because like, Mm -hmm. here's the thing. Mandalorian is basically space Batman. Like he has all these gadgets. He can beat up people, which is why his parents um, died during a war. Parents died. He has a ton of like wrist gadgets. He has a ward who comes with him on adventures. (laughs) Yes. Anyway, oh, baby Yoda Robin. <laughs> um, I think the Mandalorian could have totally been a Gary Sue, and he wasn't, and I appreciate that. It's a it's a more relatable character when this character can lose and really gets out of every encounter almost barely alive, or sometimes I mean, he actually like, does well. I mean, he loses a lot. Yeah. Thoughts on uh, Moff Gideon as the like villain that shows up introduced until the last episode right yeah but like thoughts of his like introduction and i mean he's fine like we don't get at least in this season season. yeah Yeah. moff gideon's once again moff gideon's like not a character he what he is is he's an antagonistic force i'd say that applies actually but that applies to anything but as viewers and especially as star wars fans the three of us i didn't get excited about moff gideon because it was like, oh, this big Star Wars character. It's like, oh, whoa, there's actually still a significant amount of Imperials left after we've yeah. been shown that the Empire's been like kind of destroyed. And then once again, it goes into the fact he talks about he was the ward of Mandalore uh, for the Empire, which like if you're up with Star Wars lore is also pretty interesting because that's like, something which we haven't learned about. So it's pretty much anyone's game. Like anyone can just say what they want about that. And it can become canon. So that's really interesting. Yeah. And the final shot of it when he has the um Dark Saber. The Dark Saber, that's when I like lost. I was like, oh yeah, shoot. Uh, yeah, I was I, I started <laughs> screaming. I was like, oh my gosh, the Dark Saber is in live action. Well, because so I cool. like the thing is I like I can always appreciate things that stand alone. But at a certain point it becomes if this isn't connected to a larger Star Wars universe, why make it Star Wars? And so I enjoy that there are always those little tidbits that attach it to other Star Wars franchises. Mm -hmm. This is like, it's not a spoiler for season two since it's introduced in season one. Um, But I was watching the like behind the scene things on season two Mm. uh, and how uh, Dave Filoni kept on like telling the prop department that the Darksaber wasn't good enough. And Death having them remake it because it didn't look like it enough. Oh <laughs> and I find that really that's, amazing. That's really funny. I like that. So I meant to say something about the two episodes that Hayden kind of critiqued. Um, mm-hmm. The, uh, the like, prison heist episode and the sanctuary episode, the ATST one. Um, so one thing is that in terms of finale for this season, I think the finale is, like, great. But honestly, I don't really, like, they're not really my favorite episodes because it's, like, personally, for me, it's just, like, a lot of action, really. And it's, like, we still get character moments and we get, like, character deaths. Like, there's still 
impacts in mm-hmm. this, but it's just like for me, especially since they're two separate episodes and they go together really well, it's like kind of hard to say like, oh, which one is my favorite? And it's just like mm-hmm. it's the end of something. And I tend to really like really good filler stories, which um, brings me to my point is that I am I think <laughs> I'm tied between sanctuary or the prison heist episode being my favorite episodes really okay Okay. interesting i think some filler episodes can be really great because it's just like a really like it's it's a short story and if it has good enough development and uh length it can be a really well done just small story and then you can move on with the rest of the story Mm -hmm. one i like sanctuary because it feels really um human I guess because like this is a village and it's like really not a lot of technology. It's like a lot of man-made resources and it's like people we can relate to. Um, and it feels make resources and they make the ATST look almost like a, like it feels almost like a thriller. Like it, it's supposed to look really menacing and scary. Yeah. It seems like something out of a monster movie. Yeah, where it doesn't feel yeah, like the... it doesn't feel just like a machine. It feels like an actual monster, mm-hmm. and just like it's a very um, it's a very thrilling episode, I think. And it's a very like you're kind of tense the whole moment when it's like they're trying to take down this huge mechanical beast using only like sticks and just a couple weapons and like one grenade or it was like something like that. Then it, of course there's the end of the episode. There's the sniper bounty hunter who Mm -hmm. uh it made it look like it shot baby yoda but it didn't but it was still kind of like scary because you you hear the shot and you don't know if it actually shot baby yoda because baby yoda is covered by like all the kids and screaming and you find out that kara just shot the sniper so baby yoda's actually fine yeah i really like that episode and i like the prison episode Mm. just because again like when I thought of a Mandalorian bounty hunter TV series, this episode was exactly what I was imagining. A group of bounty hunters going to go do something, going on a mission, and then just like doing it. Mm-hmm. And then we see Mandalorian like in action, like in really great action. <laughs> I I see what you, we see. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> And there's that scene where Mando is just taking down each individual crew member one by one. And that's just like really fun and exciting because it like when I'm talking about the ATSD being like the thriller monster in the Sanctuary episode, they kind of make Mando out to be like almost like the Predator. Like I just watched the movies, so I'm going to use that as an example. They make him Mm -hmm. out to be like the Predator. And it's just there's that one scene where the lights are flickering when he's about to like kill Mayf or not kill. He doesn't end up killing any of them, but when he's tracking down Mayfeld. Well, he does actually kill. Not Mayfeld. Oh, oh, yeah. He doesn't kill any of them on the station, but. Yeah, yeah, but. He gets other people killed. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, But Mayfeld, the camera's like looking at mayfeld and then over his shoulder as the lights are flickering you see mando coming up behind him and the light flickers and then he's like directly right behind him and then it just kind of like cuts 
Mayfield like screams as yeah. he's like turning around he's and like, then it no! cuts. Yeah. Yeah, he has the Bill uh, Burr scream. It's just like it's a very um I'm gonna say like chills episode. It's just like ah like it's not a Gary Sue or a Mary Sue taking down people because they were born with magical powers. It's like And can kick a spear in midair. Yeah. He can actually do this stuff and it's cool to see him like kick some butt. I yeah. would say that my favorite episode is the first one or the last one kind of i think that's yeah i think i have to agree with you because like i i was like part of it was like we were all watching the first episode together and that's true i forgot we did that yeah Yeah. when disney plus first came out we all came over to my house and we watched the first episode of the mandalorian yeah at that point i didn't have a disney plus subscription so i didn't actually watch the rest of the show until a year later yeah (laughs) Oh, but I remember, like, like I was already sold on, like, that this is, like, it's just, like, a, like, space western thing, and I, I was sold on that. Yeah. And then, like, you get the last scene of, like, Baby Yoda, and, like, we all freaked out. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that was just, like, such a great episode of, like, this is what this show's gonna be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and um, then, like, the, the ending of the first episode also has that thing Blake was talking about, about, like, them shooting. Blake was talking about in the uh, ATSD episode where the sniper looked like it was going to shoot Baby Yoda, but then Kara actually shoot, shot the bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. But in this one, it looks like IG Eleven, I think, is its yeah. name. Mm-hmm. Yep, is going to shoot is going to shoot Baby Yoda again. But then we just see red flash, but we don't see anything happen. And then IG Eleven falls over, and Mandalorian is standing there looking at the child. Yeah, and so I like. It has the same thing, and it's it's used in a similar way, but it's still really so cool, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just my last discussion question, really. Um, no. Who? Which characters? Maybe not exactly their death, but which character loss made you sad the most? Was it Quill or IG Eleven? For me, I like was actually tearing up when IG Eleven like sacrifices himself really which is stupid because he's just a freaking robot voiced by taika watiti that's that's the point though is like because mandalorian doesn't trust droids and then a droid like kills itself for him Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he actually like there there's a line where he's like don't do this and he and ig11 says you're sad and he's like no i'm not sad and then he goes no i can tell that you're sad because i'm a robot and i can read these things and that's just kind of like whoa that's like some actual character mm-hmm. development because like mando has come to not trust droids because of you know his parents being killed by droids and Ooh, that's something i want to revisit but keep going yeah and i mean really that's it it was just it, mm-hmm. it's cool character development and it's like cool how ig11 was just reprogrammed and its sole purpose was to protect the child and like the only yeah, way becomes a the nursing child survived droid. that's yeah. one of the funny parts about that part like i would say i felt more dread when like quill died mm-hmm. and then like i guess i that final it, shot was devastating oh uh, so yeah, yeah when you just see you have the speeders chasing up on him and then it just pans down and it's him on the ground yeah and but like i like say to like is the wrong word but like i like like ig11's death more though yeah no totally I mean, well, because IG-11 dies on the screen. It's treated mm-hmm. as a death. Yeah. Yeah. Wheels That's is treated as like a... Yeah. 
it's two different things, but it's yeah. really just like which character did you like more? I think is kind of more what Blake's asking. Yeah, re- yeah, really. Another thing where like it ties it to a, another part of the series is I really like the Mandalorian's backstory about how he was inducted into the Death Watch, essentially, uh, during the Clone Wars because his village was destroyed by the Separatists. Like, I just think that that's a cool mm-hmm. thing. And it's a cool little inversion because usually in like normal Star Wars things, and I think we've actually seen this in the main Star Wars, the original trilogy, but it's like, and also for like Cardoon, where it's like um, there are these characters, like it's the Empire who's like the big bad force who come in and destroy everything, and then he hates the Empire. But the Mandalorian doesn't actually hate the Empire; he actually works for it for a time. He like because it's not the Empire who destroys this thing; it's the Separatists, which now no longer exist. Mm-hmm. So I think it, that's just a cooler way because it's easy to just say, "Oh, he doesn't like the Empire because the Empire killed his family." Like that's just like. Well, like an idiot would like write into the script, but I like it better that it's just, it's this other no, thing. Yeah. That mm-hmm. I, I think it's just cool. And I like the like subtle progression of like seeing his backstory throughout the season mm-hmm. because they don't just like dump it on you in one episode or anything. You just see like small flashbacks like every other episode or something. Oh, something I was going to say uh, back when Blake was talking about how the Mandalorian is able to like uh, emote through his. Um, despite the fact that he's wearing full armor mm. is that's something that um as we all know dave filoni would know how to do very well since he directed the show where the um most mm. of the characters always wore a fan always wore a helmet yeah, yeah. i think we kind of talked about this show for a while yeah is that it i, I mean so. that's not like we could talk about the show forever but i think it's yeah. like those are the, like the enough ones. of our basis to talk about like the reason why we all enjoy the show mm-hmm. yeah Oh, you guys enjoyed this? Oh my god. I'm going to give it a two. <laughs> um, I'm going to give this a 94. 94? For me, so I did a little bit of a similar uh, rating system that I did with Phineas and Ferb, where I just kind of like rank, like rated each episode and then found the average, uh, which came out to be 8.5. Uh, out of 10 but i'm gonna raise it just by like 10 points because i think that the whole overarching story deserves a like point system of its own and so i'm gonna up it 10 points uh 85 plus 10 95 i'm giving this a 95 okay yeah i i'm i'm giving it a 10 10 out of 10 yeah not gonna argue with that i i've been really generous with 10s lately but i think we've been overall been watching things that are just more enjoyable to watch so just to recap our ratings we see you keeping yours at a 94 i am mine is a 95 hayden is a 10 out of 10 this i don't know if this will be the highest one ever no toy stories at a 99 something what's at the highest toy story is like a 99.3 yeah that's fair. i think this could be third place yeah. Uh, oh no, it is not. It's so, second. um, our average rating for the Mandalorian season one is ninety six point three, which puts it at second place on our Disney Plus catalog ranking list. And that's fair. Like, if it was below, um, I'm fair with it being below Toy Story, but if it was below either Mulan or the other one, I would Bruce New Groove. Yeah. yeah, I think so, it should be higher than both of them. The Mandalorian is below Toy Story and above Emperor's New Groove. 
which I think is totally fine. So I think with that, with our rating, I think that our discussion is over. So next week, we are going to be talking about a sequel of something we've already talked about. We're going to be talking about Toy Story 2. So get ready for that. We made a second one? All right. If you want to check us out on social media, you can check out our Instagram account at Disney Plus The Boys or our Twitter at Disney Plus Boys. If you could leave a review, that'd be very much appreciated. Uh, We've got a few reviews um, somewhat recently. We'd love to see some more. We really appreciate the love. Thank you very much. Uh, Sharing would also help to expand our audience. So if, you know, some of your friends are Star Wars fans and they really like The Mandalorian and it's like, hey, do you want to rewatch The Mandalorian? You know what you should listen to when you finish watching season, you finish rewatching season one of The Mandalorian? Disney Plus The Boys. They have an episode on Mandalorian season one. It's a really good discussion. And they talk about some Disney Plus news. And then you should go watch um, Star Wars The Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. Um, If you have any recommendations, whether it be another Star Wars movie or show, or... Halloween Town. Or Halloween Town, or... Or Halloween Town, yeah. Like a Disney animated classic. I'd be down to watch Halloween Town. We'd watch anything. As long as it's on Disney+, Plus. it's game. If you need more Disney podcast content in your life, you can check out Mouse House Weekly. That is a Disney podcast that I'm a part of. Uh, the recent episode is one that I am on. We actually talk about Mandalorian Season 2, which is very uh, coincidental. You're stealing our credit. <laughs> um, so if you just want to, like, if you can't wait for us to do a Season 2 episode, you can actually just go check that out. It won't have the same charm, though, because me and Weezy aren't there. But yeah, that's true. That's you can always hear Blake blather about something. Uh, if you want to leave a voice message you can there's a link at the bottom of our show notes which you can leave voice feedback on if you leave a voice feedback we are legally obligated to play it on the episode we are unless you say you don't want it to but if you yeah, unless you explicitly say you don't want it on the thing we yeah yeah Yeah. but we'll we'll listen and we will thank you for your feedback um, even if it's heavily negative. Yeah, even if it's just like you. full of explicit words and, you know, just like we can't even hear you over your screaming. Um, <laughs> you know, we'll listen to it. And if you make a good argument, we might just If you listen. make a good argument, <laughs> hey, you know what? Maybe we will. Maybe we will stop doing a podcast. Uh, nah. Maybe we will change our ratings for the Peanuts movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> start a petition to get Blake to change his rating on this. We need to st- we're going to be starting a lot of petitions. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh also thank you to Nathan Lopez for offering us his music to use as segment music, intro music and outro music. Thanks, the outro Nate. music you are probably hearing right now. So, thank you for that. <laughs> anyway, uh thank you for listening. We appreciate it. We love talking about The Mandalorian. Thank you guys for joining me for this discussion. You're welcome, Blake. It was see great. You around, see you around. And we will see you around, listeners. We're just the boys, and we're just being dudes. And we'll see you next week. This is the way.
if they do another Disney Channel summer sing-along, we should be a We part have of to that. be in it. No, we have to do an entire song. No, we have to be the hosts. Like, we have to be the hosts, like the in-between Oh, parts. yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would yes. be so cool. Hi, everybody! All we do is, like, Fortnite dances. <laughs> We're chosen to, like, sing a song, but we don't sing a Disney song. We just, like, do something else. We just... We sing that song from The Hobbit from the beginning. <laughs> the pines were roaring. <laughs> oh, misty eye of the mountain. <laughs> Doing that Sheeran one. Uh.